0: Hey there everybody, welcome to Up All Night, and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is the illusion of Bigfoot. Brandon, how you doing Brandon?
1: I'm just an illusion. I'm not actually here.
0: What if you were just an illusion this whole time?
1: I would love to be an illusion, honestly.
0: What? Well, that's not fun. Your whole existence could poof away in the blink of an eye. That's exciting. Keeps things fresh. (laughs) I mean, no... So how are you doing today, Brandon? I'm doing all right. That's great. Did you do anything super mega awesome this week? Oh. I have caught myself up
1: with the yeah. Twilight Saga.
0: Oh, okay. Well, you're like uh almost a decade late in that one, Brandon.
1: Hey, it was a slog. <laughs>
0: uh, you know, that's okay. That's all right.
1: Did you like them? Did you enjoy the movies? Let me tell you. I have to I have to back up a bit here. Okay, do I else. love teenage drama. <laughs> it is my favorite kind of drama. Teens okay. <laughs> are, by their very nature, dramatic. Yeah. I won't even say it's a guilty pleasure because I'm not guilty at all. I read <laughs> a lot of I right, let's call it lit? Chicklet. lit. Like the gum? <laughs> You could say that. Yeah. Okay. Like the gum. <laughs> okay. is is millions of books, and I just love seeing how creative authors can be coming up with just all these different stories based on the simple premise of an overachieving high school girl who meets a boy that teaches her how to loosen up and have fun. <laughs> I mean, how many different variations could there be? they all start from that little seed and sprout in different directions (laughs) okay so you know i've got some favorites uh anything by lauren barnholt the moment of truth series uh the espressologist by christina springer uh anything by jenny han you know the summer i turned pretty trilogy and to all the boys i've loved before and you know i was there years before it was cool uh,
0: yeah, that's, uh, that's a thing that I like. Are these, like, recent books, or are they, like, teenage drama from, like, 1995? I mean, they're
1: recent-ish. Like, they're Within pulling the last... out
0: their cell phone and Tiffany's having a party that they're not oh, invited yeah. to? Okay. yeah. Yeah.
1: They're totally selled up. Okay. Alright. So this is all to say that I'm not the kind of guy who'd look at Twilight and go ugh, that's some girly shit, and just, you know, not give it a chance. But, man, Twilight is some lame-ass shit.
0: (laughs) Well, okay, I've watched Twilight as well, and, um, you know, you seem to have a lot more (laughs) knowledge of the genre than I do, but I enjoyed it, um especially the last up, the last chapter of it where uh like the, everybody has like x-men superpowers and they do a big fight that was the coolest part to me oh man it's everything so else was just kind of like happening so you know?
1: lame just like the least interesting character yeah. meets the second least interesting character in the world and they fall in love inexplicably yeah. and they just they're just boring together i mean they literally play chess <laughs> in one of the movies. Yeah. That I mean that's how they spend their time and you're a part of it.
0: Well, uh I don't know what to tell you, man. Um You don't have to There's watch them again. nothing you tell me. And
1: you know what? <laughs> I don't even care about the like oh vampires don't sparkle bullshit. Like vampires don't exist. Who am I to say what vampires are really
0: like? It's true. Like that yeah. part of it
1: I don't even care about.
0: But man, it's so boring. Well, I'm really sorry that you had a whole boring week that you have given us minutes of details about. I'm sure you'll cut all of this out.
1: <laughs> I won't cut all of it out. <laughs> you'll just be like, Brandon, how was your week? And I'll be like, I
0: was good. <laughs> I am Macintosh. <laughs> <laughs> how was your week, Cortland? Oh, my goodness. I've had a roller coaster week, Brandon. Oh yeah, roller coaster week. You remember last week when I told you I was getting a new computer? Yeah, very exciting. And I had to go buy, I had to go buy a keyboard. Yeah. Well, I bought the keyboard. Okay. And Sounds my like computer you're halfway there. <laughs> I am. Yes. So my week started out on Monday. I actually have a group of people to play Dungeons and Dragons with. So that's pretty great. That is so cool. I know. I haven't played Dungeons and Dragons since like we played pretty much. And uh, so I dungeon master a group on Monday and then my computer came on Monday as well. So it was like a double whammy slammy wow. great day
1: the weeks off. To and a start.
0: Um, yeah, but I wanted to finish up all the editing on my laptop so that I could throw it in the corner and never have to worry about it ever again in my whole life, you know, as you do. Yeah. So I f- quickly finished up Manaha and then uh, I set my computer up and I was super excited and I put, put all the, cords and stuff in there, and then I turned it on, and I could not get it to display on my monitor.
1: Ooh.
0: Bad sign. So I tried like three different HDMI cords. I actually have a, I don't know, a 40-something inch monitor right next to my laptop right now, because I tried that TV as well, and I couldn't get it to work. So... I went on customer support, and they had me reseat the RAM, which is something I wasn't very comfortable doing, but it turns out it's just like putting in an NES cartridge, so it wasn't that you just bad. just got to blow on it a bit? I didn't blow on it. I was afraid my oh. breath would break it, you know? <laughs> I don't know how delicate these parts are. That's why I paid somebody to build a computer exactly. for me. That's the whole point. Yes. But uh, they ended up telling me that something must have gotten damaged while it shipped from California, so... I sent it back. Now I have to wait. God damn it.
1: I know. I feel like having someone building a computer is our way to avoid our technological curse.
0: curse. Brandon and I have no luck with technology since we have been friends together back in what we, 2000? 2000, I think, is when we became friends. And we have had absolutely no luck. The last computer I bought back in 2009, I think, I got it home from Best Buy, and it had like a shmillion errors on it the second I started it up, and I had to take it back. And my first laptop exploded. (laughs) Like, Anytime we try to do anything together technologically related, it's like, I don't know. We're some sort of like government project that nobody knows about that we need to be detained for for just breaking all technology all the time
1: you know what buying a pre-built computer is like cheating death in a final destination movie for us
0: (laughs) yes and it's gonna come back for us eventually like i'm pretty sure okay if my computer comes back and it doesn't work again i'm just gonna send it back and say give me a refund i can't do this anymore (laughs) anyway i'm tired of talking about my week i'm tired of talking about twilight and teen romance or whatever you want to talk about are you free of the dark there's no romance in this episode no
1: there really isn't
0: not at all we just got done watching the tale of the unexpected visitors brandon what did you think about this episode meh yeah i have a confession to make though brandon yeah when I watched this episode as a kid, it was on pretty frequently and I absolutely hated this episode as a kid. In really? fact, I think I think that this episode made me hate aliens in general as a kid. Wow. That's Yeah. There's two things I hated as a kid. Aliens and giant robots. <laughs> what the hell?
1: I don't know, man. Science fiction not for me. All right, what 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 made you hate giant robots?
0: I think it was Gundam. I had a friend um, before I met you that was super into Gundam, and I just thought it was the most boring shit. Mm.
1: I remember when Gundam would come on and like Toonami, and I was just like, always just like, God damn it, I'm just here to watch Dragon Ball Z. Like, yeah. When is this
0: over? Which is, you know what? The whole thing's really weird, though, because I used to love Power Rangers, and that is like one half giant robots. So I don't know. I don't know, man. What do you feel about human-sized robots? Human-sized robots are alright. Like iRobot, okay. What about tiny
1: little robots, like Rumble robots?
0: <laughs> I thought they were used well in Big Hero Six. If you've seen it, I have not.
1: All right. What about like a like the size of an NBA player, like six ten? That's
0: almost there. To where I don't, I'm not
1: interested. <laughs> Okay, I that's good. Like I know where the line is now. We can
0: move on. yeah, okay. I thought this episode was better than when I was a kid. i I actually kind of enjoyed it a little bit for
1: how ridiculous it is. yeah, i don't I don't dislike this episode, but I don't really like it. I and mean, I'm kind of I feel like it's been a while since there was an episode that I felt strongly about either way. Mm-hmm. They've all just yeah. kind of been like, yeah, yeah, that was that was
0: all right. Yeah, season five has been the season of meh yeah. so far. I uh, Season five has high highs, and it has very medium everything else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no absolute garbage.
0: No, I don't think I've been bored yet in season five. I mean, even Manaha, it had a score of, like, what, 3.1 on IMDb? I don't think yeah, it's that. I don't understand that. that
1: one. Manaha was, like, at least three and a half
0: hungry hounds. Somebody hates camping more than I hate giant robots. I don't know. If we get a giant robot episode though, in like season six or seven, oh, that's gonna be a that's gonna be. A I'll hard be one
1: surprised. Me. Let me say that. Me too. Yeah. The tale of the giant robots.
0: <laughs> Are you ready to get into this episode? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Our episode opens up, and Tucker is standing next to Betty Ann and Sam, and we see Stig creeping up with a bucket in his hands, and he's saying, the water's nice and warm, let's stick your hand in it and see if, but Gary grabs the bucket, saying, don't you think about it. And we see Kiki is sleeping at the storyteller's throne. I don't understand why he would try to do this. You don't? Because Because he's a fucking garbage person. It just... I don't get why Gary hasn't been like, okay, never mind, you're out. <laughs> like, I don't know. He doesn't like, want to be treated like a like a jerk. But that yet. important
1: that he's there.
0: Yeah, like, I'm gonna spoil something, Brandon. He doesn't have another story to tell this season.
1: <laughs> okay, so it's extra. Like,
0: thanks for the stories. Get out. Yes. <laughs> like, thanks for finally letting me in this club. Okay, I'm never gonna tell another story though. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going to coast down these two stories. Exactly. Until I'm canceled. That's what Frank did in season one. And it got him four seasons, but they're not having that again. <sighs> <sighs> anyway, so Stig groans and walks away. And Kiki wakes up from her nap saying, hey, hi, when did you guys get here? And Betty Ann tells her just now, why are you so tired? When did she get there? For real, right?
1: I want to know when she like showed up. Was she just there at like seven
0: like, thirty? I'm just rest until midnight. She just like curled up on the most uncomfortable stone surface.
1: <laughs> just like laid down amongst a pack of wolves.
0: <laughs> Kiki tells the gang that she hasn't gotten any sleep in three days because Aunt Stephanie's in town, and Sam's all, "Uh oh, the snoring machine," and she walks away. I think it's funny that she already knows about Aunt Stephanie. The legends of Aunt Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) Kiki's friends enough with her to to let her know that Aunt Stephanie's a snore machine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, she ever heard of, like, earplugs or
0: headphones? Nah, she'd rather sleep alone in the middle of the woods on a carved stone, like, rock throne more power to her. Kiki tells them it's unbelievable that the sound comes right through the wall and it's like a lawnmower in her head. And we look over at Stig and Tucker sitting down and Stig says, there's a cure for that. And Kiki's like, there is? And Stig says, sure, stick cotton in her nose. It'll stop her from snoring or make her head explode. And he laughs as Kiki, like stone cold, says, well, at least I got a story out of it. And Tucker's like, you got a story about a snoring ant? And Kiki slapbacks, no fool, about house guests. And then she goes into her little pre-story spiel saying, it's fun having visitors, but when you have somebody over, you better make sure you know what you're getting into, because even a cool visitor can overstay their welcome. But there's another kind of guest, the kind that comes by surprise, the kind that comes uninvited and totally unexpected. That's the worst kind. And in my story, there's a guest who won't leave until it gets what it wants. A dugout. <laughs> <laughs> Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story. The tale of the unexpected visitor. Yeah, that description sounds like it's
1: describing a different episode. A little bit, yeah, right? Yeah. I never really got an unexpected visitor vibe from this episode.
0: Well, the thing is, is that they should have expected it, considering they were watching it like beep messages to them. And it doesn't overstay their welcome, because it's there for, like, two days?
1: Yeah. If you're the one who calls somebody, and then they show <laughs> up, like,
0: that's at you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the tale starts, and we get this dark music-inspired electric guitar riff.
1: Well, inspired isn't the word I would use.
0: Ooh, would you use, like, copy of, or... No, I would just say it's completely generic garbage. It is so bad it's not inspired by anything this music played and i was (laughs) just like the music played and i was like please god no not again but i'm gonna say overall i don't mind the music in this episode no it's all right i like the tones but we'll get to that the tones are fun the camera pans over a beautiful house at night because are you afraid of the darkest gets the most luscious, gorgeous houses? I don't understand Everyone
1: it. lives by a lake. Mm-hmm. Everyone.
0: It's Canada, man. I don't know. <laughs> the land of a thousand lakes. Yeah. We comb past a satellite dish and it stops and looks at a side room to this house, and then we warp inside that room, and we see some kid playing his guitar.
1: He's he's a hacker.
0: He's got long blonde hair and he's headbanging to his own jams and he stops and then he says Whoa, eclectic riff and I'm like, God damn it, this is gonna be Bill and Ted or something.
1: <laughs> that's I mean that line is that's that's his whole shtick. That's his vocabulary. That's how he talks.
0: I don't really care for, you know Summer at Ridgemont High or whatever that fucking movie is, like that Whoa like Ugh, i don't like that the surfer a, like the california surf, surfer dude yeah it's not my favorite but i gotta say this character doesn't bug me so no i like this character actually but yeah it is like oh come on we look over at this other kid who's in the room with this he's got these curly hair and he's at the keyboard and he says no play it like this and he starts goddamn jamming on this keyboard and he stops and guitar kid whose name is perch by the way like the fish says that's cool if you're writing elevator tunes and keyboard kid whose name is jeff says perch you gotta hear the music and perch tells him no man you gotta feel the music and jeff's all how do you feel music with no beat and then we get kiki's voiceover saying jeff and perch were best friends and decided to form a band and write music
1: that surprised me already We've known these characters for 10 seconds. And I looked at these mm-hmm. two kids and I thought, okay, this is a school assignment that these two kids were forced to be <laughs> put together in a group to write a song or something. I can see opposites. That.
0: You know, sometimes Brandon and I wish we started a band instead of this podcast. That would be so it's difficult though. It's not too <laughs> Can we even start a band without being together like in the
1: same country? I mean, the the band Postal Service, I'm pretty sure, was oh, I love conducted that way. Like, just sending stuff back and forth, and that's why it has that name.
0: Oh, the more you know. We're now a Postal Service podcast.
1: Alright. Such Great Heights is a good goddamn song.
0: Kiki continues saying only problem was they had different ideas about what good music was and we watch the kids kind of argue at each other and then the camera pans over to an alarm clock that's buzzing saying it's 10 o'clock so Jeff gets up he hits the button and he looks over at Perch and says showtime the kids stand up and now we're walking through the hallway of this gorgeous home and Perch is asking where his brother is and Jeff tells him that he's upstairs in his room playing video games he hopes what do you think he's playing Zebo's big house and we're not going to get to see it. No, I think he's playing Donkey Kong. Why? I don't know. That was that was the bee's knees back in the 1995. Which one? The first one. Okay. So the two friends they sneak into a door and they turn on the lights and it's an office with some computers and stuff in it. And Perch tells Sherman because he calls him he calls Jeff Sherman all the time, which is kind of confusing and stupid. Yeah.
1: Um like all the time. Is he ever called Jeff? outside of the intro where kiki says this is jeff
0: i think maybe his mom or dad call him jeff once maybe well he's called sherman I don't know. like
1: 30 times
0: but perch tells him that this shit's awesome that his dad must be some kind of genius because he's got like four monitors
1: <laughs> it's feet. like six monitors it is an <laughs> unnecessary some, amount
0: like, of monitors i know I, two is enough for me i don't know maybe four if you're crazy but Jeff tells him, Yeah, right. He's a research egghead, and don't call me Sherman. I hate it. And then they boop a key on one of the keyboards, um, the writing keyboards, because I'm gonna I mean, there's a lot of keyboard use in this episode. And Perch asks him what kind of research his dad does, which is a really weird question for his best friend to ask him. Shouldn't he know about this yeah. stuff? It's
1: it's like this is his first time being over at his best friend's house. Exactly.
0: I was like, are you really his best friend, Perch? Hmm. Well, Jeff tells him that he reaches researches stuff about satellites, and he doesn't talk about it much because it's top secret. And Perch is all top secret, Unpuking believable. Mm-hmm. Jeff says, "Believe it. Because tonight it's gonna get us this." And he holds up a poster for World War Four, their finest hour. What is it? Is <laughs> it
1: like a concert? I couldn't. I spell. think it
0: is. I don't know if it's a concert or if it's, like, a wrestle match, but... <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell. <laughs> Given what. their excitement for music, I'm assuming it's a concert.
1: That's what I thought. Yeah. But I don't know.
0: Perch is just super excited about this inevitable World War IV, which just completely skips World War Three, saying, it's the battle of the century. And Jeff tells them that they're pulling it down for free. So the kids punch fists together, saying, yeah! And we cut outside to look at the satellite from the beginning of the episode. You wouldn't download a world war. <laughs> Let's take a moment to meet some of our cast of characters, okay? All right. First up, we've got Jeff, who's played by Charlie Hofheimer, who we mm-hmm. previously met as Dean in the Tale of the Water Demons. Yep. He is a, a bit older, and uh, I'm going to just say I don't like him as much.
1: <laughs> no, I didn't like him then, and I don't like him here.
0: <laughs> oh, Damn. I looked the guy up again, and he was born in the United States, in Detroit, Michigan, in fact. So uh, that's pretty cool, I guess. Sure. And like I said before, he was in Black Hawk Down, Mad Men, he was in an episode of Grey's Anatomy, and he was in 24 Legacy, as as well as a bunch of other stuff. Let's move on. Next up, we have Perch. He's played by Chris Wilding, who hasn't been in anything since 2003, and whose career includes playing Mike in Air Bud 3... Whoa. Shorty's roommate in Scary Movie, and he played in an episode of Nightman. God damn. We have got to watch Nightman. We have to. It's got to be incredible. It sounds amazing. He was also in a show called Captain Zed and the Z Zone. Uh, that sounds less amazing, but All right. was, I guess yes. I'll
1: do a podcast
0: about that. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, back to the episode, and we're looking at some pictures of galaxies or something, and the camera pans over to Jeff sitting at the computer, and he says, Okay, we're online. Now all I got to do is jump a couple of security gates, and he's <laughs> booping some buttons on the keyboard, and up jump into the satellite.
1: security gates. I like how that makes it sound like it's such an extreme activity. <sighs> I, I got to dig through some cyber tunnels. Got to hack into this
0: stuff, and he's... booping buttons it's crazy it's like csi stuff the camera cuts and we see perch pull a book away from it and now the two kids are reading some books and jeff says man my father could access any satellite in the sky and he could probably dial up the space shuttle and perch sitting next to him says yo sherman what's the peabody project and jeff looks over and he grabs that shit out of his hand yelling don't my father would kill us if he found out we're doing this Perch tells him to chill, since he was just looking at it, and then asks what it is, and Jeff looks at him saying, dad's big project, something about deep space communication, and Perch is all, deep space, you mean we could dial up Captain Kirk? <sighs> yeah.
1: It would be exhausting being his friend. I know, tell me about it.
0: Then we get a kid's voice saying, Jeff, you down there? And the two buddies look behind them. The camera zooms into their faces and Jeff says, Aw, oh man, if he snitches, we're dead. And we look at Perch uh, as Jeff says, Don't touch anything. And he stands up and he leaves the room. He knows he's going to touch stuff. This episode wouldn't exist if Perch didn't touch stuff. And see, what happens is, is that um, Jeff should have been like, Don't touch my dad's stuff. And then he wouldn't have touched it. Because Amanda didn't touch any of Beth's stuff. Well, yeah, she knew the rules. He opens up the office door, and we see his little brother, and he's got his hand on his hip, <laughs> and he's got, like, a pocket near his ribs instead of, like, up higher, and there's a golden retriever sitting next to him with a football in its mouth, and he says, you're not supposed to be down there, and Jeff's all, you're not going to tell mom and dad, are you? And the kid says, you know, I'm feeling like a banana split, and Jeff's sighs, saying, great, blackmailed by a nine-year-old and we hear the dog groan and jeff's all i guess you want some to montana
1: i don't mean to sound uh you know uh disrespectful or nasty or anything but yeah this kid who plays the little brother is god awful
0: he is yes he's so bad well this character's name is bobby and he is played by tommy mazay who was only credited for being in this episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark and part of the sound department of something called Ten Count.
1: All right. Well, at least he knew. (laughs) After this episode, he was like, all right, this isn't my thing.
0: Yeah, he was like, I cannot plague the world with my acting like this any longer. That's
1: good. (laughs) I hope he didn't, like, struggle looking for roles after this, because that would have been a waste of time.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean, man. Next! (laughs) We're back in the room with Perch and he's looking at that goddamn Peabody project. And this kid looks like the last thing he'd want to do is study some boring scientist notes. But yet here he is thumbing through them. He can't help himself. I just don't it doesn't really make sense to me. The premise he's of just this like, Whoa, This kid radical research, bro. He seems like he wouldn't care at all about satellites no. and scientific research. Like they that World War 4 concert is never mentioned again in this episode like they just yeah. don't care about it anymore doesn't make sense to me but he starts reading that aloud while working on the computer saying engage type peabody and he looks behind him making sure no one's coming and then he types in peabody on the computer and hits enter and some machines come to life around him and they start be looping and stuff and there's cryptic craps just scrolls across the computer monitor and outside the satellite comes to life and it moves around and And on the screen, we see a map of our galaxy, I guess. Would you like to play a game? What's that from? War Games. We see a map of the galaxy (laughs) (laughs) with Earth as like a small dot. And it's beeping. And Perch says, extreme. I've never seen War Games. That's all right. Back with Jeff and Bobby, Jeff slaps down the world's worst banana split. (laughs) It's got like two, two fucking scoops of ice cream and a banana on it and Bobby's all where's the chocolate sauce <laughs> and Jeff walks by him giving this giving him evil eyes and then we switch back to Perch and I'm like Bobby's right where's the fucking chocolate sauce
1: yeah that ain't a banana split get out of here
0: get out of here with that bullshit where's this fucking chocolate sauce get
1: my goddamn chocolate sauce <laughs>
0: Uh, back with Perch, the computer tells him to enter coordinates. So Perch is all, what coordinates? And then he goes, meh, whatevs. And he starts slapping his hand across the <laughs> keyboard, and he inputs 456610237. And then he hits enter. And the satellite outside moves up and back inside. Perch reads more from the file, saying the, that once the coordinates are selected, input a message. And he says, message? Ugh. And he sighs a bunch, and he rolls. He stretches back behind him, and his hand he's hits like, a
1: keyboard. Ugh, I can't be bothered with this shit. Even though he's the one who's <laughs> going out of his way
0: to oh God. you know
1: break the rules and be sneaky about this. That's so true. He's like, "Fuck!" And another? to what end? What does he think this is going to accomplish? Because he doesn't know what he's actually doing. Like, what's the no. most exciting thing you could imagine? would come from this
0: getting in trouble (laughs) yeah woo right well his hand like flails backwards and then he hits a musical keyboard and it plays a note and that gives perch an idea and he says okay i got a message for you he rolls his chair over and he cracks his knuckles and he starts playing the keyboard one note at a time He plays this little message, and of course we're going to grab a clip of it so you can hear it right now. And he rolls back over to the computer screen, which is asking him if he wants to send that message, even though he wouldn't have any way of knowing that that computer is recording sound, or that the keyboard is even connected to it. And if it is recording sound, wouldn't it also send all the crap he was saying out loud?
1: I guess. Even assuming everything went according to plan... He still just sent a beep, boop, boop out to a random location (laughs) in the universe. And like, why? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's like his friend going to come down He's going to be like, hey, guess what? Guess what I did? I went boop, boop, boop into the universe and it was awesome.
0: Well, regardless, he says absolutely. And he hits enter and outside the satellite light is flashing in the middle, telling us that his message is being sent out into deep space. Back inside, the monitors are flashing, message sent for a few seconds. And then it starts flashing that the message was received. So it just sent, like, a message, like, light years away. <laughs> Instantaneously. How do they know the
1: message was received?
0: That's a good point.
1: Those aliens, like, putting them on red?
0: Maybe the aliens have their own satellite. And Jeff's dad is so smart, he can, like he said, connect to any satellite in the sky. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> now we switch back over and we see the banana split and Jeff pours some chocolate on it saying you're not going to tell mom and dad about perching me in the basement are you and Bobby that cold motherfucker says not if you put some cherries on it so Jeff goes and gets some cherries
1: he's going to be spending his whole night making this fucking ice cream and miss world war 4
0: remember that one time we missed a world war because we was too busy making ice cream
1: Whew. yeah That was the worst. It was good ice cream, though. Oh, I love ice cream. had cherries and chocolate sauce. (laughs) I
0: actually don't like cherries. Really? Yeah. I don't know. There's something about them. I just don't like.
1: All right. Cherries and giant robots. Adding that to the list.
0: (laughs) Are you trying to compile a list of my weaknesses?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just in case I need to stop you. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I know. That's, That's a good thing to have for anybody, really. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your annoying little brother. Thank you so much for taking a listen to our show. Whether you're new this week or a longtime fan, we always appreciate you spending time with us. Brandon and I are almost finished with season five, and we need your help. Every season we hold an Ask Us Anything, and we would love to answer your questions or read your stories on our episode. Do you have any questions for me or for Brandon, about our podcast, or about starting your own podcast? Send them our way. You can email us at privateislandpresents at gmail.com, or send us a message on any of our social media accounts. Speaking of social media, check us out and give us a follow on Twitter at PRVTIsland and Instagram at privateislandpresents. We post so much extra content for our show there, including hilarious handmade gifts, videos, memes, and so much more that really add a lot to Up All Night. Come hang out with me every Wednesday night on Instagram at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and watch episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark with fans. Come and have a goof, you deserve it. Our Patreon is more accessible than ever with tiers starting as low as $1 a month. It's the perfect time to join the Up All Night family. With new content uploaded multiple times a week, there's always something new for you to enjoy, like bloopers and outtakes, Are You Afraid of the Dark book readings, early access to full length episodes the moment I'm finished editing, and our all new bonus episodes called Quick Frights, where we talk about horror movies and video games. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, the Bronze Beth, Heather, and Angela, Silver Goth Shane and Steven, and the Golden Bostics, Bryce, Kathy, and Carly. Thank you so much for your support, everyone. We sincerely appreciate it. We've got a giveaway planned exclusively for patrons once we reach our 10th patron, so take a look and become a patron today! For a quick link to all of our socials, the Patreon, the merch store, Facebook group, and more, check out the Linktree link in the episode description. If you're enjoying the show and want to help support us in other ways, give us a shout out on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, or tell your friends about the show. Word of mouth is huge for podcast growth and nothing feels better as a creator than someone gushing about you online. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme dating start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Now I'd like to play the promo for the Lit Gaming Arena podcast with hosts Marcus and Justin, who give you up-to-date news on all things gaming, as well as talk about the games that they're playing.
1: You want to know things about video games? How about consumer-oriented reviews, honest opinions, hot takes, and predictions? Well, you're listening to the right ad. Introducing the Lit Gaming Arena Podcast, Season 2. We bring you two episodes every week. Terminal News, which focuses on all the latest gaming news you'll ever need. And the LGA Cast, where we talk about all the games we're playing and the gaming industry in general. And we do not hold back any punches. We also have the occasional wacky guest, so don't miss out. Subscribe to us today. You can find us on our website, lga.gg, and on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever podcast app you use. Again, that's the Lit Gaming Arena podcast at lga.gg.
0: Thanks again, everyone. For now, I'll let you get back to the show, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Back with Perch, he says aloud, okay, how do I turn this bad boy off? And he starts kind of slapping around on the main monitor, and then a message starts buzzing that sounds exactly like that clock from earlier in the episode that was telling it was 10 o'clock. I hate that sound. Me too. It's just like meh, meh, meh. It's the stereotypical buzzing of an alarm clock. Yeah. And it says incoming message. Perch freaks out a little, saying, Incoming message? No way! And he starts pushing random buttons, and then the computer turns off, and he sighs in relief. But then a stereo pops to life, and it starts playing the message, and it's super loud, and Jeff and Bobby hear it from upstairs, and Bobby asks, What was that? And Jeff tells him that he doesn't know, but to finish the Sunday. And he runs out of there and down the stairs, and he yells out at Perch, asking him what he did. And how he told him not to touch anything. But Perch is all, I made a call, man, across the universe, and somebody answered back. And Jeff yells at him more about how he told him not to touch anything, and he's slapping some buttons on the keyboard as Perch tells him that he didn't think it would work, saying, you think, like, I had a close encounter? Jeff's all, no, it was probably just an echo off an asteroid or something. And the kids hear a car honk, which is, are you afraid of the dark speak, for parents are home, which they know. So they struggle to power everything down when in walks mom and dad saying, guys, we're home. That was a lot. That was a lot of stuff.
1: So they're, like, pretty freaked out at this point already. Yes. And nothing's happened except they got a little beep, boop, boop back in return. Yeah. So, like, why is that scary?
0: Hmm. I don't know, man. If you got, like, a message from Deep Space, wouldn't you be kind of a little bit unnerved?
1: No, I would be like, holy shit, that
0: is cool. Okay, let me turn the tides, Brandon. You got that message because you were fucking with your dad's shit when he told you not to. Now what do you think?
1: Um, I would be worried that I'd get in trouble, but if I was messing with your dad's shit, I wouldn't (laughs) care.
0: I'd be like, that is your problem. (laughs) Okay, thanks, Brandon. (laughs) So Jeff and Perch run up to mom and dad like they totally just did something that they shouldn't have. Like, they're running like like they're about to shit their pants or something. Like, the awkward run up like, we didn't do nothing. Yeah. And mom asks if everything's okay. And Jeff tells him, yeah, sure. Why not? Promise. And Perch adding in, absolutely. And dad looks at them saying, except you did the one thing we asked you never to do. And Jeff looks down and says, and he starts saying, sorry, I, I know we shouldn't have done it, but... And then in walks Bobby, and he's got this chocolate ring around his face. And, and he says, hey, mom. And mom looks at Jeff saying, if you give him ice cream before bed, he'll never get to sleep.
1: Only supposed to give him ice cream after he goes to bed.
0: Duh. I mean, it's already like 10:30, 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> like, this kid should be sleeping anyway, but... Well... He should be sleeping in the woods. That's true. As a like stone geeky. throne. But Jeff kind of looks at them and then says, oh, right, ice cream. Yeah, it was kind of a bad move. And Mom looks pissed at Jeff saying, come on, sweetie, let's get you cleaned up. And she ushers Bobby away, and Dad follows. And Perch gets close to Jeff saying, life on the edge. Cool. And then they walk away, too. And let's finish meeting up these people, okay? Mm-hmm. Our last two characters are Jeff's mom and Jeff's Dad. They're played by Natalie Hamel Roy and Pierre LeBlanc. Natalie has played in a few things like some cartoons from two thousand eight called Fred Fred's Head and some movie called Mommy from two thousand fourteen. That was like her highlights, maybe. I don't know. Never nah. seen any of these things. Yeah. Pierre, yeah. however did you recognize him? Nope. It was Raymond from the Tale of the Thirteenth Floor. Really? Mm hmm. All right. Other than being in um, that episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, he's also been in just a bunch of French stuff, like so many French things. Yeah, he sounds French. And that's all the characters for this episode. You know, there wasn't any credit for the alien voices, though. It was just like oh, well. a very generic Siri voice. It was. Okay, so now we're back outside, and we're looking at the satellite. Then we warp inside to Jeff's room, and he's sleeping on his bed, and their dog Montana is on the ground next to them. And we hear some noises and see some lights waving around their yard. And that gets the dog's attention, so it runs up outside via the open patio door?
1: Yeah, you know, just let that Canada breeze in.
0: I was just like, God damn, they're going to get so many mosquitoes! (laughs) Nobody just leaves their patio door open. Like
1: everyone who lives by a lake, just leaves their patio door open.
0: It's so stupid. Like they're so lazy that they just leave their door open, as opposed to getting up and letting the dog out. I and they don't even let the dog out on a chain. It's just free to roam the world. Oh my god. Whatever. The dog runs to the backyard. It's got that football in its mouth again, and then it goes down Which some wood trails. Yeah, I don't even. I don't get that. This
1: dog's like, wait, are there intruders here? And then he's like, I'm gonna grab this ball to play with them.
0: (laughs) I'm gonna make sure I can't bark.
1: (laughs) Worst guard dog ever.
0: (laughs) It it stops in a clearing, and we get a first person shot of something walking through the foliage, making like some weird alien noises, and back to the dog who's just kind of sitting there, um, an electric fucking spider web net thing. (laughs) Falls down on the dock. Yeah. And this first-person camera just zooms into
1: it, and it gets really bright. So, Cyrax from Mortal Kombat's out in the woods
0: somewhere. That's almost exactly what it is. It's this big spider web that is yellow and electrified looking, and, um... I don't... I don't know. I don't... It's... It's odd. It's very odd. It's... I don't... I don't know, man. It's cool... But, like, also, this is an alien episode. Why would an alien use an electrified spiderweb net?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I've got a lot of problems with these spider
0: webs. It's weird. This t- transitions into the next day where Jeff and Perch are walking outside, and Jeff says that they should write a love song because you can't miss out with a love song, but... Perch tells him that he's never been in love, so it's not real if they gotta make it up. And Jeff asks, "What? Well, what do you want to write about?" And Perch says, "He doesn't know. Maybe life on the road, being free, going where the highway leads you." And Jeff tells him that he's never been out of this town. And Perch is all, "Hey, I got. I go to my aunt's on Thanksgiving." And Jeff's like, "Oh, what a rebel!" And you know that talk is kind of fun. I, I liked it. Sure. I didn't hate it. <laughs> I didn't hate it. Then, out from the house pops Mom, who says, Hey, honey. Hi, Perch. And Jeff asks where she's going, and Mom stops, and she tells him, Your father forgot to tell me they need a banquet tonight. I'm already late. Dinner's ready. Just gotta nuke it. Make sure Bobby eats. And she takes a few steps, then turns back around, saying, Oh, and I can't seem to find Montana. Probably got sprayed by a skunk again. See if you can find him, okay?
1: Every week he's sprayed by a skunk. you think we'd learn to close the door, but nah.
0: Remember that one time the skunk got in your room and sprayed you? Because we <laughs> left the damn door open? Jeff's all, yeah, sure. And Mom says goodbye and be good. And then Perch grabs him saying, no wonder you can't write music, Sherman. Your life is, like, boring. And they walk away and the scene fades. If my dog was lost like that, I don't think I'd be going to, like, this banquet, I'd be like, honey, we got to find our dog. Yeah. The member of the family. <laughs> I wouldn't just be like, "Yeah, I'll just, I'll just make my kid do it. <laughs> but you know what though? That's not my favorite part. My favorite part is this because now it's nighttime and all three boys are running outside the open patio door and Bobby's calling for Montana. And I'm just thinking like, shouldn't you guys have started this search in the daytime?
1: No. It's easier to find things at night. (laughs) That dog could be halfway to Mexico
0: by now. (laughs) You had your chance. Uh, Bobby seems to be, I mean, fairly attached to Montana. But even he is just like, Nah, let's just, I'll just do it later. And then later happens and it's nighttime now and it doesn't make any sense. So the kids take a few steps and Bobby tells them that they gotta go find Montana. And he starts running ahead, but Jeff stops him saying... You're going to stay right here and play T-ball. And Perch, Perch and I will go find Montana. Bobby asks them how come, and Jeff tells him because if he comes back and no one's here, he might leave again, right? Bobby's all, oh, okay. And at this point, Perch has picked up the bat and for T-ball and is fucking around with it. So Jeff tells him, come on, let's go. But Perch is all, why can't I play T-ball? So Jeff grabs him, and Bobby starts playing T-ball alone at night. <laughs> Which sounds like the most boring time. Seriously.
1: Go inside and play Donkey Kong and just hope your dog <laughs> wanders back in like a rabid skunk.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's what I would do. No, I wouldn't. I'd be like, yeah, I'm I'm going to. Sorry. It's my dog. We cut to the woods and Jeff's got a flashlight in his hands and he's calling for Montana. And that's pretty much the episode from now on. Just Montana, Montana. It's really annoying. Perch then asks... You know what our problem is, Sherman. And Jeff says, "Yeah, we can't write music because our lives are so dull." And Perch tells him, "Exactly." He starts singing a crappy song, and it's dumb. I used spaghetti three nights in a row. I slept at study hall today. Da, da, da. And Jeff chimes in with his crappy lyrics too about how boring their lives are. And then the two stop, and Perch, says, Perch is like, "We're lost, Sherman. Lost in a dweeb-like comfort zone wasteland." And they walk forward more, calling for Montana, and then we switch over to Bobby. Bobby smacks the ball from his t-ball stand, and it bounces to the woods, and he says, Good hit, Bobby. home run.
1: You really hit that stationary
0: ball well. He's a great t-ball player. And then he chases after that ball. Back with Jeff and Perch, Jeff finds Montana's football, and Perch asks if it's sure it's Montana, since it's not all slobbery. And we switch back to Bobby who picks up his little baseball and we hear some alien boop noises and Bobby turns around saying, Jeff, perch. And he walks back into the forest a little ways and we see this electrified yellow spider web start to raise up behind him and he calls out for Montana before we switch back to Jeff and perch where Jeff calls out for Montana and then walks away (laughs) (laughs) back with Bobby. He starts stepping backwards until he walks right into that spider web, and he gets oh, stuck, God. and a first-person shot gets closer to him, and he's saying, like, no, no, get away, help, help, no, ah, and then we cut to commercial.
1: Okay, so here's my problem with these spider webs. All right, hit it. Hit, sock it to me. First of all, yep. they glow. Mm-hmm. So they're very easy to see. So they're very easy to see. So the only way that it could possibly capture anyone is if they walk backwards into it. And luckily that happens <laughs> to everyone in this episode.
0: Yes. Everybody but walks backwards into him.
1: What a goddamn horrible way to capture anything.
0: Yeah. The one, t- like we're going to get to it in a second here, but like the one time somebody almost runs into it, they stop because it's a giant fucking glowing spider web <laughs> and he sees it a mile away.
1: Yeah. As long as you're not walking backwards into it, it cannot get you. It cannot get yes. anything.
0: Back from commercial, we're with Jeff and Perch again and they're calling from Montana some more, and Jeff tells Perch, he's never been gone this long. I hope nothing. And then they hear some branches breaking ahead of them. And Jeff asks, "What was that?" And we look around and we hear more rustling, and Perch is saying, "Better not be that skunk." <laughs> Goddamn skunk.
1: Just that same one? (laughs) There's just a skunk that's stalking them?
0: It's the same skunk from the Tale of the Mystical Mirror. Stinky Pete's at it again. I mean, let's be honest here, Brandon. I wouldn't want to get skunked, so I'm with everybody that says skunks are the worst. Yeah, they are. Ain't got skunks here. Wait, really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, skunks aren't like a hazard in life. You know, they're not like Black Widow Spiders or Alligators or something, but... That's kind of surprising that you don't have any skunks there. Do you have, is there another creature that like spews shit smell at you? No. Wow. I'm thinking about moving to Australia to get away from the skunk. <laughs> <laughs> the skunk problem we have over here. I mean,
1: the animals here shoot to kill. They're not setting their phasers to stun on anyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff calls for Montana again and his voice echoes back at him. And he calls, who's there? And that echoes back. And then he yells, that's not funny, man. Which also echoes back to him. And he gets pissed, and he runs forward. But he stops right in front of an electric glowing spider web. And Perch walks by saying, whoa, Sherman, you got some serious spiders here.
1: Yeah, that, that part with the echoing voices is just kind of creepy to me for some reason.
0: I don't think you like echoes very much. I
1: mean, like, natural echoes are fine, but if...
0: Oh, distorted, modulated echoes?
1: Yeah. If I was, like, talking and then I heard my voice back at me, but, like, off, I would be like, oh, yeah, that's creepy. But it kind of reminds me of The Predator. Because The Predator is always recording people and then playing it back...
0: Oh my god, Brandon, I didn't even think about this, but that's probably what this episode was, like, taking inspiration from.
1: Yeah, except for it's, like, a shitty predator who can't catch anything. It catches, like,
0: most of these things. It
1: catches everything, but it shouldn't. (laughs) It shouldn't catch anything.
0: No, no, you're right, you're right. But, yeah, because predators use, like, they use the net, right?
1: Yeah, they use the nets, and they record people and go, want some candy? And... (laughs) All that stuff.
0: Wow. Yeah, I didn't even think about that once. You know, it's probably because I haven't seen Predator in a very long time, but this is the Predator episode, Brandon. Yeah. It wants you to think so. Wow. I never thought they would go for Predator, but Kiki was like, this got a great story about my aunt. She's basically a Predator. (laughs) (sighs) She's one
1: ugly motherfucker.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. So the kids hear some music notes playing and some lights shine. So they look over and they see a metallic doorway close. And it's just a doorway in the middle of the woods. And the kids walk over to it and Jeff asks what it is. Perch says, I don't want to be a bummer, but that sounded like the music from last night. Like, from outer space. So the kids walk around the doorway and see that there's nothing on the other side. And they're all like, whoa. And I thought that part was kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, it's neat. Doorways in the middle of forests are the scariest thing. When you think about it, yeah. Perch says, the light's on, but nobody's home. And they walk to the front again, and they see a button on the frame. So Jeff grabs it, and the door opens up to this bright light. And Perch is saying, guess it's a doorbell. And Jeff then throws Montana's football in it as it closes, and then checks the back of the frame again, saying, it's gone. And Perch says, maybe it's, like, vaporized. And the door half opens, and the football comes out, and it hits Jeff, and then the two kids run away. They run back to Jeff's backyard, yelling for Bobby, but he's nowhere to be found. So Perch says, maybe he's inside. And we see the satellite move, so Jeff's all, dad's home. And we race inside, and the boys run downstairs, Jeff calling for his dad, and he gets down there to see all his monitors are on, but no one's down there. And the kids sit down at the computer, Jeff says, he never leaves this on, what's that? And Perch says, it's the Peabody thing. That's us. And he points to the dot marked Earth on the screen. And then he touches the other dot across the galaxy saying, and that's where I sent the message. It's clear across the galaxy, man. And on the screen flashes five messages received. And Jeff pushes some button and a line appears on the screen from the other side of the galaxy. And it's beep, boop, beeping. it's every time. And it's getting closer and closer to Earth. It's taking the long way too.
1: Well, it's not that long, because they're still there within, like, half an hour of getting the first mm, you're message. You're right. Yeah.
0: Perch asks what it means, and Jeff says, it's, it's a message stored in memory. These dots show where each one came from. And Perch is all, they're getting closer, as we see the graphic connect the dots to Earth. And Jeff says, the last one came from Earth. And Perch is like, whatever it is, it's here. And Jeff commands Perch to go find Bobby as he tries to reach his father on his cellular He picks up the phone, and we switch over to Perch, who's up in the kitchen calling for Bobby. He's saying, you in here? And his voice echoes back, so he looks over, smiling, thinking he found Bobby, I guess.
1: Yeah, I don't understand why he thinks that's a good thing.
0: Not his finest moment, I will say. He walks down the hall saying, yo, Bob Meister, you in here? And he hears a noise, and he looks over, saying, come on, Bobby, don't fool around. And we switch back to Jeff on the phone and he's waiting for an answer when his screen starts flashing with an incoming message and there's a buzzing sound and Mm -hmm. Jeff looks Mm -hmm. at it in Mm -hmm. horror as he lowers the phone from his face. Back with Perch, he's walking around their gorgeous living room saying, this isn't a game, Bobby. Come on out. And then from behind him is a giant electrified spider web. Yeah. Just walk forward. That's impossible, Brandon.
1: (laughs) I know. It's our curse.
0: We cut back to Jeff, who's looking at a monitor, and a big red line starts graphing on screen from the alien source straight to Earth. And back with Perch, he slowly walks backwards, and then he gets caught in the spider web.
1: Everybody just fucking
0: moonwalking into these traps. (laughs) (laughs) So back with Jeff, he looks at the monitor saying, another one's coming. And he gets up and he runs upstairs. But he could have just waited for his dad, right? Don't you think? Yeah. That's what I would have done. With Perch, he starts to struggle in the web a little bit until he starts screaming because a blinding light gets really close to his face. And Jeff comes running upstairs yelling, Perch, there's another one coming. Uh, It's some kind of evasion. But he can't find Perch, so he runs to the other room screaming, Bobby. And he looks around to see the remains of that spider web. And for some reason, it's all burned up. I don't know what
1: sizzles the people. I, I don't. They attach to it.
0: Yeah, I don't understand. Like, it's all, like, like frayed and blackened, like it just got burned. Jeff touches it, and then he runs outside, and he grabs a stick on the ground and heads to the forest. And we stay back a moment, and we see that the satellite is moving again. In the forest, Jeff walks up to the metallic door. He touches the button again and the door opens up. It's super bright. He pushes the stick inside, then back out. Then he puts his hand in and out, and he looks at it to make sure it's okay, and then he just jumps right in, and the door closes behind him.
1: I think that's smart of him.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: I just run th- right through there, head first, first Vapor- chance I got. <laughs> yeah, right. I'd be like, what's this, some kind of door? And i just go in.
0: Me too, man, me too inside he's in this room that is just full of lights on the wall it's like it's like ceiling lights just lining the walls and there's some weird alien sounding atmospheric music sound effects that's playing And and Jeff looks and he sees Montana, Bobby, and Perch and they're all in their own individual tubes in the middle of the room
1: it's a very minimalistic sort of alien ship kind of like you said there's just lights on the wall and the whatever tubes in the middle but it's still so much better than the alien rooms in tale of the closet keepers
0: i totally agree yeah sometimes less is more you know Mm -hmm. especially with the light theme that they've had going on this whole episode it's basically just a bright white room and that's perfectly fine yeah I got to say though, the tube systems that they have going on there, it reminds me of of a being at a bank with the pull and push canisters from inside to outside. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. Like they're just stuck in like <laughs> the part outside that you could see when the <laughs> when the canister gets sucked up. <laughs> it.
1: You just hit a button and
0: funk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff runs up saying, "Bobby, Bobby, are you okay? And Bobby's just sitting on the floor. And then we look at the tube with Perch in it, uh, and he says, The air's bad in here, man. You gotta get us out. Because he looks like he's about to die. So Jeff takes that stick, and he starts smacking it against the tube. But there's this weird sound effect, and it doesn't do anything. I mean, not that it would anyway. (laughs) Perch looks at him saying, It's music, Jeff. They do everything in tones. If you play D-sharp, it'll open. How
1: the hell do you know that?
0: They must have played the D-sharp to open the tube and stuffed him in it.
1: I don't I, know. I wouldn't make that assumption at all. I know. Why? Because that's incredibly stupid.
0: <laughs> at least it, it keeps on track with the theme of the episode, which is it them playing music. It keeps on track with the and... theme,
1: but as a technology, could you imagine yeah. throwing somebody into jail and just being like, well, don't go...
0: Ooh.
1: Or you'll get
0: out. Yeah, I know. I know. But Jeff's all, D-sharp? Okay, you got it. Hang on. And he runs away, and Perch calls out, hurry. Watch out for those webs. And then he droops his head like he's dying. We watch Jeff race across his backyard and inside his house. He puts a cassette tape inside of a boombox, and he records himself playing a D-sharp from his keyboard for a few seconds. And he stops And he grabs a boombox, running outside. He looks around his backyard for a moment because we see some lights in the treetops. And he starts walking backwards, which is everyone's downfall.
1: I got an idea. Okay. Um, Instead of recording the sound on your boombox, bring the keyboard.
0: Yeah, you know, that would probably be the right first thought, right? Unless it's an electric keyboard.
1: He could free them, and then they'd be like, okay, now to get past this thing... We have to play. I don't know another <laughs> music. note.
0: Yeah, I thought to myself when he recorded it, I was like, "What if he's did? What if he recorded the wrong key? Or Jeff got it wrong? Like, he just there's a lot to, of variables." Hold on, here. I'll
1: be I'll be right back, and then he runs home again.
0: He just does that seventy two times, Beep. or however many keys there are,
1: and runs back.
0: But Jeff, he walks backwards, just like everybody else, and walks right into an electric spider web, and he. Throws the boombox down and he struggles in the web, but he gets himself out by sacrificing his button-up shirt. And then he grabs the boombox. He heads into the forest. (laughs) He finds a metallic doorway, and he jumps inside, and everybody's still in their tubes all droopy and dying. Jeff tries to play the recording on the boombox, but it sounds like the batteries are dying or something, so he smacks it a couple of times, and then plays the D-sharp, which opens up the tubes. And Jeff helps his brother up, saying, come on guys, we gotta get out of here, the other one just landed. All the kids run out of the doorway, which closes behind them, and then they stop, because they're surrounded by a bunch of electrified spider webs. And the scene's kind of cool, like, the, the electric spiderwebs, like, light up, and they're just, like, encircling these kids, and Jeff tells them to stay still, not to touch anything, as we hear some music play from the aliens, and the first-person bright camera gets really close to the kids as they tell it to get away from them and leave them alone, and it gets super bright, and then all the spiderwebs disappear, and Jeff asks, what happened? And Bobby points saying, look... And we look over and we see two beams of light phase into alien creatures of light that start talking in alien speak. One's bigger than the other. And what did you think of these aliens, Brandon?
1: Uh, I thought they actually looked pretty cool.
0: I did too. I thought I was going to hate them, but uh, I don't really mind them. They're, They're human in design. They have two arms, two legs, a torso, a head. But they're just like pure bright yellow lights. And they have eyes, too, which are, like, on opposite sides of their face. It's kind of weird. Like, their face is like a, you know, a circle whatever, and their eyes are at the very edge of both of the, the sides. Yeah. You know, for a 1995 kids show, they look pretty good. Better than all the aliens we've had thus far, I would say.
1: I mean, it hasn't been a long list of aliens, but, yeah, they've been pretty lacking.
0: The bigger alien steps forward. After speaking in alien, you hear it say,
1: Your language is English.
0: Jeff is all, Yeah, what do you want? Then it says, in kind of like a female voice, I came to take my child home. He came to your planet when he heard your message. And we hear that message again, the message that they sent. And Jeff's all, That's our song. and the alien, Which is weird for Jeff to say because he didn't even hear it before, but whatever. And the alien mother says, in our language, that means we have toys. He came to play with toys. And Jeff yells out, he's a kid? And the alien says, yes. And Perch is all, who knew? And the alien kid plays back the message he originally sent. And Mama Alien tells him that that means I've come to play. We get a close-up of Perch's face. And he says, probably my favorite line from the episode. We are not toys, lady. We are people. <laughs> <laughs> oh brother and the alien mom apologizes and tells them that they're leaving and asks that they don't think badly of her son he only came to play and they fade away in a beam of light and that's pretty nice i'm glad they got i mean they get a good happy ending and i like that
1: i guess these aliens came all the way across the galaxy for a play date with some strangers
0: yeah, I mean, the way you say it like that means, you know, it was a lot of work. But they, they got there in, like, literally a minute, so it's not that big of a deal. Besides, toys are dope, Brandon, okay? You can put them in tubes and everything, throw spider web nets on them. It's
1: awesome. I guess that would be pretty fun.
0: <laughs> the kids all look at each other, and Jeff asks if everyone's okay. And Perch starts touching his stomach, saying, Let me check if my molecules are all simpatico. And Jeff asks if Bobby's okay. And he says, Yeah, I think so. And Perch tells Jeff that he's a hero. And Bobby points up in the sky, saying, Look. And the kids all look and they see two balls of light fly away really slowly, considering that they got across the galaxy in like a millisecond. But Jeff looks at Perch, saying, You thinking what I'm thinking? And Bobby looks at them, confused. And Perch says, What are we waiting for? And the three kids run away. What do you like? I know what they are thinking because I've seen the rest of the episode, but what the hell this why would they think of this first like hey we almost died let's go fuck with them some more
1: (laughs) well i think the idea is just they kept talking about the fact that their lives were so boring and nothing ever happened to them and at this point yeah sort of something happened
0: that's true that's true we cut and we're back downstairs looking at the monitor of dad's computer and it flickers send message and we see Perch put a cassette into the boom box and we get a voiceover from Kiki saying the guys didn't get in trouble because Jeff's dad was so happy that the Peabody project actually worked.
1: <laughs> That's such an understatement. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, so we're not alone in the universe. Your entire life's work has been justified. And you've made the greatest discovery in the history of human existence. So (laughs) maybe we'll let this one slide a little bit.
0: They almost came and killed us or took us away forever, but it worked.
1: (laughs) So, you know, A+. You get a sticker for this project here.
0: Well, Kiki's like, as for their songwriting, Jeff and Perch finally found something interesting to write about. And they played their song for the first time to a very special audience. And we see Jeff look over at Perch and he's saying, you ready? And Perch says, let's rock. And they hit play on their boombox and they hit enter on the keyboard. And then they just start jamming to their pre-recorded song. Perch is headbanging and Jeff is playing the little keyboard. And we look outside and we see that the satellite is sending their song out. And that fades to the campfire. And Kiki says, the end what if they just sent like a declaration of war
1: <laughs> could have been anything
0: <laughs> they don't know what they're saying
1: that song they play though is terrible
0: it is terrible and uh you're probably listening to it right now <laughs> it's so bad <sighs> it, it really is like honestly it's shit <laughs> no offense to whoever wrote it and performed it but it's garbage but yeah i was just thinking like Why are you doing, like, it's, the ending is cute. Like, they get to, you know, make their music and they get to send it off to people that they think are going to like it. But the problem is, is that that's their language. So what if you're like, hey, come and take me away, or we're going to destroy your planet, or, you know, they could say anything. Yeah. But whatever, they're kids, they don't think of consequences like that.
1: Consequences don't exist when you're a kid. (laughs)
0: The kids at the Midnight Society all think that that was a good story, and Gary gets up declaring the meeting of the Midnight Society closed, and he dumps water on the fire, and the kids all stand up, and Kiki walks over to Sam saying, Hey Sam, can I sleep over tonight? And Sam's all, sorry, nah, my parents are painting, and the place is a mess, which is so specific considering Gary has painting issues this season as well. She turns and she grabs Betty Ann, who's trying to walk by, who says, Sorry, my cousin's already sleeping over. And then Kiki looks at Gary and Tucker and says, Oh, come on, Gary. I got to get some sleep. And Gary tells her that his dad snores worse than her aunt. Guaranteed. And Tucker adds in, Yeah, he keeps me up too. And then they run away. And Kiki sighs, saying, Oh, I got to find. And we look at Stig, who's standing there smiling. And Kiki shakes her head. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> What a weird ending. Don't go stay with Stig. Is that the moral of the story? Yes. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Um, moral of the story is if your dog is lost, look for him at, like, while it's still light outside, not when it's dark. That's stupid. That's counterproductive.
1: Close your patio door.
0: <laughs> moral of the story, close your patio door. Seriously. Especially when you live next to like a lake and some woods and stuff. There's so many bugs. Those are good ones. I don't think we really even need to go over the ones of, like, don't summon aliens, um, don't send them secret messages, you don't know what you're saying, it could end in disaster. Eh, Whatever. Skip them. The Tale of the Unexpected Visitor. That name's stupid. Bad name. Yeah. Bad name. They knew it was coming.
1: They invited them.
0: (laughs) The Tale of the Invited Guest. (sighs) Much better name. Let's think of some better ones, too.
1: All right. The Tale of the Terrible Traps.
0: So stupid. The Tale of... It's aliens, guys. It's aliens.
1: <laughs> the Tale of the Bad Band.
0: Oh, man. Their band sucks. Um, The Tale of... Where's the Chocolate Sauce? <laughs>
1: oh. I was going to say the Tale of the Banana Split. <laughs> Thinking the same
0: thing there. Where's the Chocolate Sauce, Brandon? You know I can't eat oh. anything without chocolate sauce
1: on it. I want some chocolate sauce right now. Want to just drink chocolate sauce? A whole bowl of chocolate sauce. Uh,
0: the tale of Montana's adventures.
1: <laughs> it was a cool dog.
0: Yeah, I thought so too. The tale of beep boop beep. <laughs> That's all I got. I'm done. Yeah, I got nothing else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Brandon, are you ready to find out what's next on the list?
1: Yes. What is the next mediocre episode of Are You Afraid of the
0: Dark? Aw, oh, yeah. Well, Brandon, next up is uh, Season 5, Episode 10, The Tale of the Vacant Lot.
1: Wow, that sounds boring.
0: <laughs> I know, right? Doesn't it? It might not be. Who knows? Who do you think is going to tell The Vacant Lot, though?
1: Well, I know this one isn't a stig, so I'm going to say... Oh, True. This yeah. one is a Tucker.
0: Oh, okay. Sure. There hasn't been a much Tucker this season. I mean, I guess we've already had two episodes, but last yeah. couple seasons he had like seven each, so. <laughs> season three was essentially all Tucker stories. Yeah. Betty Ann was like,
1: I have one this week. He, Shut up, <laughs> Betty Ann. <laughs> it's
0: Tucker time. What do you think the tale of the vacant lot's going to be about? Um, fucking a
1: vacant lot. Uh, Okay, Um, there's these people living in an apartment complex, and next door there's a vacant lot, and it's been vacant for ages. No one can remember the last time there was anything there. Yeah. And all of a sudden at night, the kid sees lights outside of his window, and he looks and he sees something in the vacant lot, Mm -hmm. and he goes and explores it and it's like a like just a big marketplace with stalls okay and just, it's very busy but in the morning it's not there yeah so he finds a weird peddler of exotic goods and one of the items is haunted by a bigfoot
0: bigfoot again huh
1: yeah they're really running out of ideas this season
0: <laughs> they did predator Never thought that they would do Predator, but they did Predator.
1: <laughs> yeah, they did Predator.
0: Bigfoot's spooky. Spooky enough to have two episodes.
1: Could you imagine Bigfoot just stomping his way through a market stalls? No, that'd be scary. Exactly.
0: All right, well, let's find out next week if that's going to be Bigfoot again. Brandon, you had me in the first half of that, and then you went Bigfoot, and I was checked out, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not a great episode, but...
0: All right, well, we'll find out what that's all about next week. Hopefully, I'll have my new computer and I never have to record on this laptop again, fearing every moment that it'll shut off.
1: Let's hope so, but I won't hold my breath.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to go to sleep. (laughs) So, I've been up all night, Brandon. I'm going to bed. I'll talk to you in a week. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.
1: Bye. Where's the chocolate sauce?